and gentlemen, please welcome your nerds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the nerd degree that belongs in the museum. My name is Ben Allen. I'm here to conduct you on a whistle-stop tour of the greatest hits of the noble, important profession of the archaeology, a vital, fascinating academic pursuit, regularly producing stunning insights into the nature of our early existence, posing and answering fascinating questions about our past, and even tackling the very nature of what it means to be human, and yet still unable to ever produce anything better than that one 1981 movie starring Harrison Ford. <laughs> We're here with two teams really prepared to painstakingly brush away at bits of pottery buried in the desert under the baking sun for weeks at a time, simply in order to uncover essential truths, or at least prepared to take the credit after graduate students do most of the hard work for them. <laughs> for no money. So, uh, I have two teams here to my right. Uh, guys, I'd like you to, to introduce yourselves and maybe tell me a little bit about what uh, object from the ancient world or, or old object fascinates you the most. Uh, my name's Erin Harrington. I'm a lecturer at the University of Canterbury who uh, benefits from said postgraduate students' uh, free work, which is terrific for me and not for them. Um, and my uh, favourite old thing uh, would be those big men that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> those big, men big that, old men. <laughs> the, the big old men that, that appear like in um, the, the countryside in Dorset, that from, you know, like from an aerial view oh, the you chalk, can see the these, these immense yeah. kind of chalk men wielding clubs. Big, um, giant penises. Uh, sophisticated design, um, unsophisticated tastes <laughs> on my part, I think. But, but yeah, terrific. And to Aaron Zee. Uh My name is Jeff Clark. I am a comedian, improviser, writer, and uh, general arts practitioner. And uh, my favourite ancient thing are sarcophagi. Sarcophagi, the uh, the old uh, storage housings for your mummies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, Anything or mum- about them in particular? That- um, I just really like how if you put someone in them, they extend your life and make you live forever, so long as you've got a gold in you. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And it's, get- it's a Stargate specific reference. Right. There. Very good. It obviously, flew over the heads of everyone here, but yeah, I think some people out there will get it <laughs> somewhere in internet land. Yeah. And uh, to- together tonight, you guys, your team is called. We are. Mo, Mo Mummy, Mo, Mo Problems. problems. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Give a big round of applause. And over on my left. My name's Andrew Keppel. I'm an animator currently working on the second season of The Barefoot Bandits. And uh, an old ancient artefact that I've sort of heard about kind of recently is the Antikythera mechanism, which was dug oh, yeah. up in Greece about 100 years ago, but it's much, much older than that and seems to be some sort of um, mechanical computer for doing astronomical calculations. Yeah, but it's about 2,000 years old or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's very fascinating. And uh, to, to Andrew's left. Uh, hello, my name is Emma Cusden. I am an improviser slash comedian slash actor slash professional bludger. Uh, thank you, thumbs up. Uh, and uh, I suppose my favourite old thing, I was going to say actually that it would be the ring that was discovered at the Rose Theatre site in London. Um, which says, think of me, God willing. But um, inspired by Erin's choice, I'm just going to say big old men. Big old yeah. men. Just big old men. Just, I love them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just really. And uh, you guys tonight will be in it as a team. I know, I know what, what you, you did, did last, last summer. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> big round of applause for I know what you did last summer. 
Uh, I'm also joined in the booth tonight by a bumbling professor, Andrew Todd. Are you, are you there, <laughs> Professor Todd? Um, yes, uh, I, I am Ben, Benjamin. Uh, oh, good. Um, and you, how are you? Uh, very well. Uh, I, I should say that I've, I had some problems getting into the door, uh, but uh, those were quickly remedied by widening the door. Good, 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 <laughs> good, very. And you'll be keeping track of scores for us tonight, I believe. I certainly will. Uh, mathematics is, of course, my strong suit. Um, uh, adventuring, probably not quite so much. Okay. <laughs> not so good on the field, but <laughs> very good. Uh, now, because uh, Brian Bennett isn't here right now, he's, uh, he's away in Wellington, and so it's all fallen apart without him, and nobody bought 20-sided die. So we can't roll for initiative, but... We can. But we can roll for initiative... Because we've got onto the internet and looked up a 20-sided die website. What, you <laughs> or so, had it bookmarked on yeah, our phone already. That's right. And so, so, guys, I'd like you to use your phones to uh, roll for initiative. Okay. Rolling. Roll, roll dice. Oh, no, it's loaded. 14. 17. Oh, oh 17. Okay. Yeah. So I know what you did last summer. This first question is for you. Yes. I alluded to him in the intro. What is Indiana Jones's primary contribution to the field of archaeology? Big balls. <laughs> Big balls. Just balls to the wall, kind yeah. of like just like Big putting balls. it all out. Putting it all out there. Big not balls. not specifically what I was looking for. Uh. Although admittedly he did have big balls. Mm. Uh, Andrew, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, he seems to have raised the profile of archaeology. He has raised work with big balls. He has, and you're on the right track there, uh, really. Uh, more mummy, more problems. I might Sales well. of whips and sweet hats. <laughs> sweet hats. Um, yeah, fedoras. We love that. Like all the guys are wearing fedoras, just as cool as any of the Jones. Well, in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, it certainly looked like he had contributed to student numbers, given by the number of attractive young females in his class. So I suspect that the uh, university was quite happy with his enrolment. Jeff, you pretty much hit upon it. Uh, Exactly, um, in, in the fictional universe. Um, but in the real world, of course, as well, uh, Indiana Jones basically led to more archaeologists uh, because of uh, widespread anecdotal evidence suggests a generation of real archaeologists were inspired to get into the field by the Indiana Jones film, much like uh, Jurassic Park, another Spielberg film, inspired a bunch of paleontologists. Mm-hmm. Um, John Rhys-Davies is, is quoted as saying that he, he played Sala in the films, of course. He's on record as saying, I must have met 150 or 160 full professors, lecturers, practising archaeologists who have become up to me to say their first interest in archaeology began when they saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ben, so, do you have any evidence that suggests that that is connected to big balls? Big balls? <laughs> because I feel there is a connecting theme. Well, maybe between, like, I the archaeologists... half point. Well, how do you think... <laughs> I'll give you a half point. I'm going to give Jeff two points for that. Yeah. But I'll throw this open as well. How do you think? How do you think Indiana Jones is viewed within the professional archaeology community? Oh, highly unprofessional. He is highly Extremely unprofessional. Extremely unprofessional. He's a little bit unprofessional. He's a filthy, racist, sexist hack. Yeah. Yeah. He's yep. raiding tombs. He's sparking international incidents. And, and he makes archaeologists all expect that they're going to have super cute but super racist little Asian friends to help them out in missions. Yeah. yeah I don't know if people... <laughs> I don't know if people necessarily expect that yeah. when they go to archaeology. In, in the wake of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, how many people have now decided not to become archaeologists because it's clear that they don't want to mess with the forces of alien invasion? That's right. That's right. Or but... But then on the pro side, you can survive a nuclear bomb while hiding in the fridge. That is so, true. Yeah. 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 Um, so there are, there are two uh, 
there were two, there were a number of primary charges levelled against Indiana Jones by by actual archaeologists. They they uh, they deplore him as belonging to what is now called the Luton Scoot School, <laughs> the Luton Scoot <laughs> of, of archaeology. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, is that also called the Yoink? The Yoink School. <laughs> yep. Um, but one thing people say is that uh, the evidence uh, in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark suggests that he's being trounced in terms of both proper archaeological methods and even ethics. By the Nazis, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is never good, um, and then the the most the, the most frequent one that, one that comes up is that in uh, the opening temple sequence, uh, he pointlessly focuses on the one small gold statuette, when any archaeologist worth their salt would instead be focusing all their excitement and energies on the ancient machinery that powers the various temple booby traps yeah, that's true. <laughs> that are somehow working after countless centuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so. Um, my mummy, my problems. I'll, I'll give you that question. It's a lead-on question. Should we be worried? If you're an archaeologist, should you be worried about ancient booby traps? Well, what, what, what if they're booby traps like ancient diseases or fungal get-up-your-nose yep. things from mm-hmm. never-opened doors? So stuff? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Aaron. I'll give you some points for that. Yes. yes. So, so, so uh, there are a lot of sort of potentially. Dangerous... Wasn't even a proper sentence. That's so. right. <laughs> uh, bacteria and fungi and things are growing like that. Uh, there's there's a particularly poisonous substance that is. Thought to be uh, coincidentally found in a lot of Egyptian tombs. Yeah. Uh, was, that, was that the curse of King Tut? Was everyone got food poisoning from licking the food walls? Food poisoning. Well, we, we may get into that a little bit later. Licking the walls. Because yeah. 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 archaeologists just do crazy yeah. dares. Yeah. Yeah. Snorting the dust. <laughs> That's the the I dare you to lick the wall of the, of the, of the, of the tomb. Um, so, but, but I know we did last summer. Are you like, if you're an archaeologist and you're yeah. going into an ancient tomb, uh, what precautions do you think you should be taking? Like, like, should I wear a condom? Should you wear a condom? <laughs> is that what you're asking me? Yeah, that is, that is exactly what I'm asking you. Like, like, no, should we be? Should we, Should you be worried about like darts are going to shoot at you from the wall? I reckon we should duck because we're a lot taller now. Mm. Yeah, you could you could hit your head I'm on the ceiling. Yeah. Um, the tomb would probably have to be. The tomb should be protected from us because we're breathing all over it. And that's right. Up the place. Uh, yeah, and that's that's a major concern for archaeologists now, so they don't want to mess with anything. But basically, uh, those those uh, boob traps, as seen in the Jones films, have never been encountered in archaeology anywhere. Well, that's uh, just is, slack on the part. Which of is very culture. disappointing. Yeah. I, I, I'm Do just you think they've just been playing too much Crash Bandicoot? Probably. Um, that's what yeah. I think. The Prince of Persia. Yeah. I, I've always wondered: Did Rube Goldberg get buried with some kind of elaborate? <laughs> it would be good if he did. It would be great. Um, the the mausoleum of the first uh, Qin Emperor of uh, of China—that's the the one of terracotta warriors fame. Oh, uh, the great. the central underground burial chamber of that, which is about one hundred seventy thousand square meters, which that's a radar detected, has never been opened. And part of the reason they haven't opened it is because there's an ancient contemporary description which says that it's got crossbows and arrows primed to shoot at anyone that goes inside. Well, don't they have, like, little um, robot on, like, little traction? They have, yeah. and that's what they're looking really at thought... doing. They're, the China is getting around to sending in their little robots on pen lights. But the, yeah. the other reason that they haven't got in there... Go um, there is a description of the tomb, and it says... Uh, so among it, it says, Craftsmen were ordered to make crossbows and arrows primed to shoot at anyone who enters the tomb, and mercury was used to simulate the hundred rivers of China, the Yangtze and the Yellow River, mm-hmm. and the Great Sea, and set to flow mechanically. And this is a description they have, um, which is written about in time. And they've tested the atmosphere, and it's chock full of mercury. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're like, mm, maybe the crossbows are actually a thing as well. So no one's gone in there yet. Uh, so, but they're getting around to it. Um, <laughs> is that what they put on the funding it. application? They're getting, <laughs> getting around to it. Get um, 
so uh, I know what you did last time. I believe up to you with this question. Uh, why should any horror movie victim attacked by an Egyptian mummy be potentially prepared to take notes? Oh, because we don't know how their language worked, what it sounded like. We only have written accounts of it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's good thinking. Uh, very, I'll give you some points for that, Andrew. Uh, not what I was looking for, but I'll give you some points okay. for good, important archaeological thinking. Yeah. Uh, just for recycling purposes, like, might as well use what they're giving. <laughs> like, those bandages. This is surprisingly bandages. accurate. Thank this you. This is surprisingly it's accurate. Sorry of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can anyone expand on what, what Emma's laying down here? What, right, like, writing on parchment and No, well, 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 like potential reuse of, of Toilet of paper. Items. Not far away. Do you take away. notes on the job? Not far Why not? away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, I have to explain this one because I don't think anyone will stumble upon it. We, we, we nearly did. Uh, uh, so, historically, there may exist a thing called mummy paper. Uh, which is paper that is claimed to be made from the linen wrappings and other fibres of Egyptian mummies uh, imported to America. Uh, this is a long story whereby 18, in the 1850s, paper making in America was reaching a crisis point because uh, they hadn't stumbled on wood chips yet, right. and they used to make paper out of rags. And right. uh, in 1856, they needed 405,000 pounds of rags per year just to keep up with newspapers. So, and a, uh, an American papermaker went over to Egypt where, where <laughs> mummies are literally, a... were at the time literally lying around because the Egyptians used to mummify not only people but also animals yeah. and reasoned that Egyptian mummies could keep the American paper industry going for 14 years uh, based on the amount of rags that they were at. Now, there's no, there's no indication that this can't be historically proven, but there are contemporary newspaper accounts that people were trying this out uh, basically, to make paper out of mummy rags. You know so how you used to like recycle paper when you're little, and you'd wrap up the old phone box and you yeah. kind of mash it in a bucket. So is that how yeah. they make mummy paper? That's basically exactly it, but with bandages that they we, took but off. But the dead, dead what time was this? Nice. This so is in the 1850s. 1850s. So it wasn't rag time. Okay, it oh. wasn't rag time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lose points. So this this is something that may or may not have happened. Nobody can prove it. But uh, Egyptian mummies have been put to industrial uses. Can anyone think what those are? Are they been? really good workers? And mm. and they're not unionized. They just keep going. Yeah. They, um, what about those things like when you've got a breeze under a door? <laughs> and you want to stop it because it's chilly. You just put a mummy down. Just put a, yeah. put a mummy down. Yeah. It's better than those fucking ugly sausage dog things they make you put down <laughs> from the more, warehouse. More historically intriguing. Yeah. Certainly. Thank you. Uh, any advance on door stoppers? <laughs> Well, and slave labour. Yeah. Slave labour. Well, that, that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not quite. Uh, so, Mummy Brown oh, it's a paint. Uh, was a paint. Uh, yeah, it's a pigment. A rich brown pigment, which was one of the favourite colours of the pre-Raphaelites, uh, made in the 16th, 17th centuries from white pitch, myrrh, and the ground-up remains of Egyptian Doesn't mummies. Doesn't have to be brown. That's it, just It was like, brown. That creates um, an emotional response. I know. It was, it was not only... It was, it was human and cat mummies oh, that yeah. they used. <laughs> but to be honest, if you look at other sorts of pigments, there was Indian yellow, which was made with the, the highly pigmented urine of cows that had been fed mango leaves, yeah. and lead white and bone white, which was made from ground-up bones. I, th- I think mummy yeah. brown's a bit of a yeah. mummy brown. So it, it, it fell gradually out of favour during the nineteenth century when people found out what it was made of. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> um, a, a famous pre-Raphaelite artist, Edward uh, Byrne Jones, who reported to have a funeral for his tube of paint when he found out what it was called. He had to have a funeral for a tube of paint. 
Yes. Um, was it cursed? Yeah. It might have been. More horrifically, however, um, mummy, often sold as mummia, was applied to the skin or powdered and mixed into drinks as a treatment for bruising. Oh. Um, so the pharmaceutical giant American company, which is still going, they sold mummy for pharmaceutical purposes up until 1910. In, in fairness, none of us... None of us know what's in Thin Lizzy. So. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> Natural glow. Yeah. Thousands of luminous spheres and, yeah. and angry ghosts. <laughs> so first it was mummy brown as people and then soiling green was people. <laughs> That's right. It's just I'm really it. afraid to eat Uncle Ben's rice now. <laughs> <laughs> um, at one point as well, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, several sources report that 150,000 mummified cats were taken from Egypt and ground up and spread on English fields as fertiliser. What did they do to the dogs? Like, surely there must have been dogs around where they just like, oh, in the red bin. They, yeah, they didn't like them. <laughs> yeah, they were, because the Egyptians were all about the cats, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and, and horrendously, for cute purposes, they preferred kittens as well to oh. mummify. Yeah. So It was like the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically the internet. Yeah. Uh, so a few points here, I think. A few points. We're stumbling close to the answers on some of these. Uh, my mummy with my problems. What did Heinrich Schliemann do that basically all of Greece couldn't? Uh, be fiscally solvent. Talk <laughs> <laughs> uh, from last year. Oh, snap, son. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. He was kind of. It was a little bit of a con artist dodger, Roger, sort of rolling around. So he didn't. He was probably fiscally solvent at various times. When, when are we? Um, when are we talking? Uh, so this is. He. He, he existed. Uh, he was around in the ninth. Uh, the nineteenth century. Okay. okay. Uh, did he uh, manage to conquer Troy? Not quite. <laughs> did, did, was, he was, was he... there. He was right. there. Oh. I'll he give you some points there, Jeff. Okay. He, was, he was over there. Oh, I was, I was going to say, did he did he do something like um, reclaim something like the Elgin Marbles or one of those sorts of... He did, um, he did get some stuff from Troy. Artefacts mm. and uh, stick them you're, you're on the right track. I'm going oh. to give this over to... Uh, oh. I know we did last summer over here. What did, what did Heinrich get up to at Troy? You first, Andrew, take it away. It's like, what didn't he get up to? Was it some sort of political ruse or something? Is well, he was a bit of a con man. Um, so, so this is back in the days, kind of of Indiana Jones style archaeology. We just <laughs> rolled in and uh, had big balls. Yeah, had big balls. Yes. Uh, had, uh, uh, the modern uh, Turkish city of Hisalik had been basically identified as Troy, and uh, Heinrich Schliemann, who was very much a con man and sort of amateur. Archaeologists uh, figured that the Troy of Homer's era, um, Hisalik is actually about nine cities on top of one another, because that's what they used to do: is build a city over the ruins of the so old. It's like, like city trifle. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. So he he figured that Homer's Troy must be at the bottom. It must therefore be at the bottom, and he basically dynamited all the way down <laughs> through it right. um, until he found. He got to the bottom, and he found some gold. And he said, "This, uh, this is I'm calling this King Priam's treasure." Uh, and then he and his wife then smuggled those artifacts out of Turkey. How so they, they basically, how, where did they put that? Well, they basically stole them. Mm. Um, the problem was that uh, Schliemann uh, he he kind of went too far. Uh, he went about a thousand years too far. And went went straight through Homeric Troy and basically blew it to hell with dynamite. Right. Uh, so so that the the Troy that we're most interested in is mostly destroyed uh, because destroyed. He went, yeah. yeah. So, oh, I love yeah. It. yeah. Yay. 
so, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, he, he, unlike the Greeks, couldn't knock Troy down, but he basically blew it up single handedly. Uh, there's still a giant hole there today. Which is called Schleeman's uh, Trench. So, Schleeman's Trench. What a name! It sounds like a medical condition. Yeah. Schleeman's asshole. Um, so, could anyone hazard a guess? I mentioned that Prem's treasure. Could anyone hazard a guess as to where it is now? Well, well if he smuggled it out of, out of Turkey, out of Turkey, he I mean, was it could German. still be coin rolled up his asshole for all we know. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, his, in his casket somewhere. No, he. It's, does does nobody know? Nobody knows. That was the story for a long time. Uh, so he took it back to Germany. It's in Switzerland. Yeah, he, he sold it uh, to the Royal Museums of Berlin. Uh, then it disappeared from a secret bunker, a bunker under the, uh, the Berlin Zoo in 1945. 45 was a time of the world. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody asked the Soviet government, hey, do you have these jewels? And they were like, no. <laughs> what? <Yet>. No. <laughs> and then in 1993, they somehow turned up at the Pushkin Museum in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where they still are. So, so Germany has basically said, uh, can we have that back? And Russia has basically said, no. Um, ben, I feel it's important that you become a political leader because the way you speak is so accurate um, about how countries articulate things. Can right. we please have this? That's what they no. Said. Oh, okay. They said it in a German accent, though. Can we please have no. that? <laughs> so the Russians have actually made, uh, wrote their own law into existence, which is called the Federal Law on Cultural Valuables Displaced to the USSR as a result of the Second World War and located on the territory of the Russian Federation. <laughs> Whereby anything they want, they just put it. They just sign it under that law, and right. it's, it's ours now. Uh, so, so there's a lot of um, so much the same as any other conquering nation. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So, so Heinrich Schliemann did, did a did a real number on on uh, on Troy. Does anyone know of some bonus points if you can name some other horrific acts of cultural vandalism that we've experienced? Well, recently? these are the, the Elgin marbles that I talked about before. Yes, yep. that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Displaced. Uh, uh, the, the Taliban, of course, managed to oh, blow yeah. up those seventeen hundred year old. The burning China. of multiple libraries over multiple millennia by multiple assholes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, China. 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 China, China not has... that long ago destroyed a series of tombs that date back to the third century in order to make way for an IKEA. Yeah. China. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say China. China. Yeah. China. 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 Um, China. Saudi Arabia, kind of a world leader in this. Um, Mecca, of course, is a, a, immensely historical. Um, they have demolished probably 95% of historic uh, sites in Mecca in order to uh, better cope with the influx of pilgrim coming to see historic sites yeah. in Mecca, <laughs> essentially. Um, America? So in Syria, of course, uh, ISIS have been busily blowing things up. They just blew up a temple which was dedicated in 32 AD. Yeah. And uh, one of Belize's largest Mayan pyramids... Uh, was destroyed in 2013 by a construction company uh, that used the stone from it to make a road. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> dug it up with diggers and And the worst thing road. is, is they're going to, like, our civilization and will, you know, like, time will go on and they will one day, like, dynamite down and then when they dig really deep, they'll find an Ikea. And that's, that's right. all they will find. <laughs> that's right. And then we're like, shall we, shall we demolish Some this? Some cheap Historic. <laughs> It won't last, probably won't last. IKEA furniture probably doesn't last for thousands of years. So. That's true. Uh, the Allen key will. will. Yeah. They'll just find an, a whole bunch of Allen keys and think, oh, they, <laughs> they worship these as gods. <laughs> <laughs> 
We do. We do. Uh, so a couple, a couple more questions in this round. Uh, I, I know uh, what you did last summer. Why might archaeologists be throwing coal on their open fires even as they all buy electric cars? Mmm, esoteric. Oh, it's because they want global warming to come faster so that the ice will melt in the glaciers and they can dig up remains. Exactly right. Give Andrew a round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yes, global warming is giving rise to all kinds of new archaeological discoveries. Basically, as ice melts, um, revealing all kinds of things. A National Geographic archaeologist, uh, Frederick Herbert, predicts that it's very, very likely that any day now a well-preserved Neanderthal is basically going to pop out of some ice somewhere. And then uh, he'll be adopted by two wacky teens in America, <laughs> in America and taught to fit in, dudes. That's right. Uh, he also thinks that the, the thawing coasts of Canada might uh, well reveal large-scale Viking presence in North America. Uh, but the, the, the flip side of this coin is that... Disease. Global, yes. Well, global temperatures are going up so fast uh, that basically you've only got a few days to find anything, really, that, that comes out of the ice because wood rots in a, in a few years, uh, feathers and, and wool and leather crumble to dust in days. Uh, so unless you happen to be wandering through the right part of sort of random Greenland, uh, it's, it's going to be gone. Of course, archaeological sites are also... Inevitably threatened by rising sea levels, so yeah. there's a, there's a good you know not to mention global warming's going to kill us all that as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, just as a side note, just as a side note, <laughs> yeah. but it's more important for archaeology. Right? Yeah, but true. As the but film Westworld, but as the as the film Waterworld has has shown, <laughs> we will then become an archaeological location ourselves, and the, and the world of of humanity becomes much like Atlantis is now. So that's right. And Kevin Costner, Stem dollars, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Costner. It's the ultimate archaeological solution. Uh, okay, uh, very good, Andrew. M- maximum points there for you. I'm, uh, uh, Professor Tyler, I'm giving maximum points for that. Um, and last question in this round uh, for you guys. Uh, which archaeologist famously recovered a trophy known as the Steel Fist? <gasps> I have no idea. What's the Steel Fist? Bruce Lee. Fist? It, was, it wasn't Bruce Lee. Uh, it was not an archaeologist of note. What's the Steel Fist? It was, it was a famous trophy. No, it's the steel fist. The steel but what, fist. What, was, what was it a trophy for? Punching? Seems logical. In, in a way. In a way. Or it could um, be for stealing. For, for wrestling? Uh, it was. So, so the steel fist was, was a, it's thought to be a, a combat-based object. Do you guys have any insight into the steel fist? I don't feel it's appropriate for me to comment at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> I heard fisting, I stopped listening. <laughs> So the Steel Fist is a PlayStation trophy you can get an Uncharted 2 Drake's Fortune. <laughs> by defeating 10 Video enemies... Video games aren't yeah. real, but yeah. de- Well, it's a trick question because Nathan Drake is a treasure hunter at best and not a genuine yeah. archaeologist. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to bring this up because it, it leads us into an important uh, uh, element of archaeology uh, which has been cemented in all of our heads as the most frequently performed activity of all archaeologists, which, of course, is gun violence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So can anyone guess, can anyone give me a guess as to how many people Indiana Jones has killed in all four films to date? Maybe 743. 743. Directly or indirectly? But, because the Ark of the Covenant was not him. He basically just well, stayed it's been, out of the it's way. Well, it's been pointed out, of course, that uh, in, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark that... Uh, he didn't Indiana, do anything. It would have been better to do nothing at all. Because <laughs> the Nazis just would have found it and opened it and all died. But, yeah. but, but, yeah. but, but there's also the victims saved and or not saved in the Temple of Doom. Yes, yeah, that's right. So if we're thinking so about diminishing the, the returns... Then, so so yeah. your guess was 743? That's, that's exactly Aaron? my guess. Um, okay. 
You guys, what do you think? What do you think? You're going to go lower? You're going to go higher? I think we should go higher. I think... (laughs) More than 743? Yeah, I think he could have really ruined some of the places he went to and (laughs) lead to complete uh, cultural... I don't know which films you guys are watching. What what about all the rats he killed? Oh, rats do not kill his life. The the, the answer, YouTube kill counts suggest... 67. 67. Na- yeah, India yeah. has gone through 67. Most, okay. But they're mostly Nazis, so they okay. hardly count. True. <laughs> or commies. Um, this, is, of course, is, <laughs> this is pretty unrealistic because uh, studies show that the average professional archaeologist has actually killed fewer than 20 people. So... Uh, <laughs> so... so do, do they get a steel fist if they hit 20? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, there, there is a PlayStation trophy in, in-, in Uncharted 4, Nathan Drake again, uh, that you get for killing 1,000 enemies in the course of your archaeological <laughs> investigation. In, in, in the course of trying to get a funding. What anyone, does, right. any, does anyone know what this uh, trophy might be called? The Golden Fist. Golden. The Golden Fist. The Platinum no, Fist. Yeah. Fist. It's mostly guns. Okay, uh, the Golden Gun. It's in fact, in the, this trophy is called Ludonarrative Dissonance. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely going to be It's very esoteric. <laughs> Uh, so, so of course, some of those some of those early archaeologists were uh, Lawrence of Arabia was actually an archaeologist, so he was a bit of gun toting archaeologist. Um, so that that brings us to the end of uh, uh, new question. Andrew, how is Gordon looking after that round? Well, Benjamin, um, well, you see, um, I know what you did last summer uh, is, is sitting on ten points, which is jolly good performance, but uh, not quite as good as more money, more mummy, more uh, problems, uh, which is on. 17 points. Oh, very well done. Give them a round of applause. Okay, we're on to a bit of a classic uh, nerd degree round now that we call Bad for Your Elf. Uh, elf. I'm going to give Mo Mummy Mo Problems this uh, list over here. Uh, They're going to be reading this list out, and uh, I know what you did last summer. You're going to have to detect whether these are real things, genuine things, or whether these guys are making them up. So what we don't perhaps realise about archaeology, of course, is that it's going on all the time, and uh, people are constantly finding cool stuff. Mm. Um, so I've just, I've just looked up uh, some of the more interesting things that archaeology turned up in 2015. Oh, yeah. So that's just last year. Right. Uh, so, so you guys have got a list there. Um, mm-hmm. There are obviously seven or so real ones. There's the occasional fake one you want to throw in. Yep. Uh, so, so go for it. All right. Um, one archaeological discovery that was made in 2015 was that um, two previously undiscovered secret chambers were found in Tutankhamun's tomb. You don't think so? I'm going to go with no. You're not buying it. I'm not buying it. It was opened in 1922. That's added nothing for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. It seems a long time without discovering these two chambers, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you thinking no? No. It totally was. They did was. find. They found uh, close, <laughs> close physical inspection of the tomb and, and radar imaging have revealed that there, there's a ninety percent certainty that there may be two as yet unopened secret rooms. Which so it's not one hundred percent certainty. Yeah, no, there's the ensuite and yeah. the wardrobe. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> one, of them, one of them is thought pretty much to be a wardrobe. It was, yeah. it was, yeah. it was the granny flat at yeah, 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 yeah. Tutankhamun's mother-in-law. Cool. So uh, <laughs> point for my mummy there. Um, um, Try on my guys. In 2015, there was an amazing discovery made in Oxford in the UK 
of um, <laughs> skeletons of, of nuns in sexually perverse positions. <laughs> Andrew, I think you should leave this one. <laughs> it sounds like some sort of shenanigans with uh, an archaeological site that was already there and someone went in and rearranged the bones. <laughs> Just yeah. for the laughs. Yeah, yeah. It is Oxford. Come on. Yeah. Student pranks. Student pranks. Thanks. Hashtag, yeah. Mm, but does that make it real or fake? I'm not sure. I don't know. I <laughs> doubt life now. Uh, <laughs> there are two department things just throwing everything into confusion. A yeah. couple yeah. of years walking wardrobe and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Andrew, I believe in you. Uh, I think that one's fake. Oh, but it's so true. It's totally true. true. It's so true. Yeah, totally okay, true. it's sad that we lost, but isn't life good sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> like, that that's real. Uh, the, the, the 92 nuns of Littlemore Priory in Oxfordshire, which was uh, uh, founded in, in 1110, the year until it was dissolved uh, by Cardinal Wolsey in 1525 because it was so horrendously sexually behaved, misbehaving nuns. So like, <laughs> so, like, nuns gone wild? They were, they were like, two to a bed. It was, like, it was, no, it like, was literally nuns gone wild. Is it, like, one wild. of those things of, like, oh, my God, the world's going to end, let's yeah. just do it? Like, did they just... Did they let's think it was like, all over? Is it one and of those things yeah. where they looked around and went, oh, my God, finally all the dudes are gone, we can just be ourselves? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that was found. Yes, so another, another point there for... Uh, oh. okay. All right, um, in 2015 in Scotland, a uh, large piece of wood which uh, was, was uh, identified as being from a Viking ship was found. A Viking ship? That seems pretty likely. Yeah. Which probably means they made it up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> ben does love Vikings. I do love me a good Viking. Yeah. <laughs> Vikings might feature later. Yeah, right? Spoiler alert. Uh, go on, Andrew. I doubt myself so deeply. Uh, it's so plausible I'm saying no. It's a trick. Quite right. Ah. It was totally false. <laughs> well picked out. Yeah, too, too plausible, Chief. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Not to say that they didn't find a piece of wood from a Viking ship, but no. But no. It's just nobody uh, would celebrate that. No, no one would be like, oh, my God, guys. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Ship bit. Yeah. yeah. Ship bit. <laughs> <laughs> In 2015, a discovery was made in an island off Antarctica where some of the, the ice had been melting and they started to see that there were stones arranged in an, quote, interesting formation, unquote. Interesting formation Interesting of formation? How vague can you be? <laughs> was it like the thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, is there any more information on that one? Um, interesting. A big man with a giant willy. <laughs> oh, wow. My favourite. Oh, um, no, no, it just says interesting formation, as in I, I presume something kind of weird that nobody mm. expected to be there. Mm. I mean, it seems likely that such <laughs> things would happen, but yeah. we, every time it seems likely is <laughs> when it's crap. Interesting stones. Did they you find know what? Some? I'm just gonna like continue our streak, and I'm just gonna call bullshit. No, <laughs> total bullshit. No. Yes, bullshit. it was indeed bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones ain't stopping for no interesting stones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, um, maybe maybe one more, Jeff. One more. Okay, um, some archaeologists working in the United Kingdom, in 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 England or Scotland or Ireland. Or Wales <laughs> uh, discovered a uh, a sauna, an ancient sauna that Ooh. dates back to the Bronze Age. 
but, but no naughty nuns. Yeah. 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 See, a sauna without naughtiness seems mm. unlikely. <laughs> no, there might have been naughtiness, just not nuns. Oh, there was, there was yeah. no tanning bed, so it's, it's not, not the bronzing tanning. age. It was just the bronze age. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you got, you got it. You think? No, you've got yeah. it. Uh, I believe in you. Yeah, I believe that one. That well like done. That's totally it's true. That's hey. totally true. Yeah, they found the, they found the remains of over 30 buildings in Orkney, one of which they think was a Bronze Age sauna, uh, possibly used for, for ritual purposes. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, ritual purposes. <laughs> yeah. So that was, a, that was a fairly even sort of round. Uh, Professor Todd, Professor Todd, how are we doing? Yes. How are we doing on the scoring? <laughs> well, uh, see, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> they've, they've climbed to 16 points, but mummy, my problems, uh, well, you see, they were already on a lead, so they've got 21, and still, still, I have to say, Ooh. in the lead, uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a round of applause. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go into a round now that we call curses! Exclamation mark. Mm. Uh, so to, to start off, who some bonus points here? Who can who, we talked about Tutankhamun earlier? Who can tell me a little bit about the curse of Tutankhamun? Anyone know anything about that? Wasn't it people like mysteriously dying after being involved in the entering and the opening of the tomb? Well, or they just died prematurely. Like there were yeah. there were car accidents and there was sickness. So, so twenty five years later, when the person was fifty five as opposed to seventy, they yeah. mysteriously died that's, of yeah. type one diabetes. That's that's more or less <laughs> that's more or less it. So so uh, there, there were uh, was, it was long rumored to be a curse. Uh, and, and most of it's now proved to be a load of bollocks. Um, he was mysteriously hit by a car when crossing the road, not looking right. where he was going. So, so first of all, there's no actual curse inscribed anywhere on Tutankhamun's uh, tomb. But most famously, the uh, the financier of the the expedition that opened it, uh, Lord Carnarvon, he was bitten by a mosquito, and when, when he got back to England, he got back to England, slashed the bite accidentally while shaving. It became infected, and he died of blood poisoning. Mm. So Is that, that where the premise for the film The Mummy came from? Like where all the weird bugs come out and people there are swallow of, the bugs? There are a lot of bugs uh, get into it. Um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle uh, then got into it because he was all about fairies and, and mummies and then he, he thought it was a curse and so the, the media at the time went crazy with it. Mm. Um, there's, a, there's a great story that tells that, uh, that Howard Carter, uh, the, the, who was the actual archaeologist that opened the tomb, he had a friend called Sir Bruce Ingram who got a mummified hand given to him as a gift did it grant wishes? Is it like the monkey's paw? Yeah. Well, so so supposedly it had a, a bracelet, and it's how said, does that have a bracelet of? Well, it's like a hand of wrist, I guess. Okay. And the bracelet said, uh, <laughs> "Cursed be he who moves my body. To him shall come fire, water, and pestilence." Can Can you get that on a medic alert bracelet? So the, the story goes that uh, soon after he got this gift, Ingram's house burnt down, oh. and then he built it back up again, and there was a flood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a great story. It seems to be completely and utterly untrue. Nah. Uh, basis. So, so as, as far as King Tut's uh, curse goes, that uh, a study showed that fifty-eight people who were present when the tomb was opened. Eight died within 12 years. And eventually all of them died. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty much within statistical norms. However, there were a number of actual curses on uh, that have been found in Egyptian tombs. Some of them are quite, quite badass. Uh, all people who enter this tomb will make evil against it and destroy it, maybe have the crocodile against them in water, 
and snakes against them on land. May the hippopotamus also be against them in water (laughs) and the scorpion also against them on land. Um, But but no airborne plagues. Yeah, Yeah, no, no. They could have just gone with hippo because the hippo goes on land and water. I mean, it's basically the amphibious vehicle of doom. Uh, So so the the tomb of of Kentika Iniki, who was from the 9th uh, 10th dynasty, has got a rather badass inscription which says, As for all men who shall enter this my tomb impure... There will be judgment. An end shall be made for him. I shall seize his neck like a bird. I shall cast the fear of myself into him. Is, is, this the, um, nice. is this the badass adult version of that lovely story where the little Egyptian boy has to weigh his heart against a feather? That's right. Yeah. But, but instead of like just going to wherever, they snap his neck really hard. <laughs> like a bird. Really hard. Like a bird. Uh, and then, of course, the, the idea of mummies coming back uh, was... was, uh, was Dated from a, a sci- actually a science fiction book written in 1827 called The Mummy or yeah. A Tale of the 22nd Century uh, was the original mummy fiction. Ooh. So that's coming up. But so t- talking about these curses, mm. I would like you guys to buzz in. I would like to know what curse you would place on those that dare disturb uh, your precious items okay. or take them from you. So just buzz in mm-hmm. uh, when you've got a curse. Uh, so, so what curse would you place on anyone that disturbed or took your car park? I would, I would give them the curse of Tetris, which would be the person who took my car park, and this is very passive-aggressive, but would, would make it seem like it had just kind of naturally happened, would suddenly be boxed in on both sides by massive, like, Holden Colorados and all that other sort of stuff, <laughs> so that they couldn't actually get in the doors and would have to climb in through the boot, mm. and it would be aggravating. Mm. Mm. It would be aggravating. Whosoever stealeth my parking space shall henceforth be beset by bumper-laden shopping trolleys. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, what about if anyone missed uh, with your pet? Um, I'd send them a thank you note, actually, rather than a curse. <laughs> <laughs> my my cat is the curse. You know? <laughs> yeah, what, what would it be? You're welcome. <laughs> yep. Thou art welcome. Ah, uh, he so who interferes with a cat shall henceforth be stricken with the plight of the cat and always walk into a room, remember they forgot something and have to leave again. <laughs> Very good. Uh, what, what if anyone uh, disturbed your Blu-ray or DVD collection? Death! Death! <laughs> Death! Death unto them. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I actually have quite a thing about DVDs being the right way up in their cases, and um, when people turn them around the wrong way, it really asses me off. And so uh, my curse would be if you insist on things being the wrong way up, walk on your hands forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Live, like, live with the consequences. Uh, may dun- dust henceforth ever cloud thy lens. Mm, very good. Um, <laughs> what about uh, if somebody disturbed your Facebook account? What curse would you place on them? Eh. <laughs> uh, the curse of answering my mum's likes. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have a fancy name, it's just a curse. The curse of having to deal with your vaguely racist uncle. <laughs> uh, and last one, maybe, uh, what, what curse would you place on the people that uh, took your food from the work fridge? I'd place upon them, I don't have a fancy name, Jeff can come up with a fancy name, the curse of then, whilst they're trying to go and eat the food from the work fridge, fishing through the, um, the cutlery and all of the cutlery being just a little bit dirty. May the drawer be ever soiled. There we go. <laughs> very good, very good. Give everyone a round of applause for that one. Uh, Professor Todd, 
Uh, prof- professor of archaeology slash maths. Yes. Uh, how are the scores looking? Well, uh, Mo Mummy Mo problems have actually increased their lead uh, on 29 points to I Know What You Did Last Summer's uh, 21 points. That's an eight point lead going into the final round. Ooh. No, not the final round. It is the final round. It is. Oh. Wait. Yes. Not according to the notes you gave me. No, it's all right. <laughs> we're, doing field, we're doing field work now, you Professor Todd. Bust. Things, <laughs> things well, we, change. We can't even. You mean we can't even get a short round? No, you can't. Oh, there's no short round. Oh, that's terrible. Um, that's literally what the next round was going to be. No, called. it's gone now. <laughs> um, so we're going we're to the final round of the night. So uh, there's an eight-point lead, but it happens just to be. It happens to be worth nine points. Oh, which is interesting in the debate oh. round. Uh, so. Uh, uh, it's the leaders. Uh, you guys, would you like? Would you rather be uh, the affirmative or the negative in this debate? I won't tell you what it is. I'm just going to. Um, I like to have a little bit of affirmative action. Yeah, yeah. We're we're positive people, Ben. Yeah. We're going to be in the affirmative. Okay, cool. The affirmative. Uh, so you guys will be affirmative. The affirmative in the moot. Uh, alien archaeologists digging through the ruins of our civilization are going to be thoroughly unimpressed. <laughs> So you guys will be arguing that the alien archaeologists will be will be totally highly impressed. will be highly impressed. They'll be so impressed. Uh, so so uh, my mummy, my problems. I'm going to give you uh, uh, thirty seconds to. Or I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute to make an opening statement on this moot. Off you go. Well, the thing about the alien archaeologists is that they're coming along at a time that we've, um, in the present at least, have destroyed so much of material culture. Mm. So all we're going to be left with is uh, things like the internet and digital photographs, i.e. nothing shit to look at. So they're going to be bored. They're just going to think we're this awful wasteland of of pollution and roads and Mm. discarded apple products. Yeah, if you look at the the world currently, there's uh, a a relatively... uh, Non non sustainability in terms of construction, everything that will erode and de- decay, and there won't be like the giant stone monuments because everything will eventually rust and fall apart. And as as Erin has said, all of the chronicles, the things that we've done on the internet and on a digital format, are basically stored as bits of information and magnetic tape, which will degrade and be torn apart and leave no record for anyone. And what we're going to end up with is um, a real-life version of Leonard Nimoy's uh, Visit from a Sad Planet, or whatever it's called, where they turn up and see the burned, wasted planet and there's nothing there, and they turn around and the punchline is, it's Earth, and then they're going to go... It was Earth all along. It was Earth all along, boring, wah-wah, next. Thanks, guys. That was bleak. Uh, (laughs) Real bleak. Um, I know we did last summer. You've Mm. got a more positive take on things. I'll give you a minute. Well, uh, sort of, in a way. I think, uh, really, it's sort of like when a car accident happens and you're driving past and you have to witness it for yourself. Um, I think that will be the remains of the of Earth. And I think when the aliens come down, they're going to be like, whoa, this is such a mammoth cock-up. I must spend so much time in detail looking at all of the many things that we managed to totally stuff up in the time that we had this planet. And I think it will be really interesting, lest we forget pop culture in itself uh, is going to be just a minefield of delight to investigate and go, whoa, they let her on TV? That's going to be great. So this, you think it's going to be very instructive? Yeah. Yep, you bet. Yeah. Andrew? You know, oceans of garbage, oceans of useless stuff to us, but to them, that's just 
more and more information that they can piece totally. together. Totally. What's this? Oh, it's a Furby. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> There's, yeah, the Furby... The Furby is going to be a puzzle. It's going to be know? a puzzle. Um, uh, my mummy, my mummy, no, I'll give no, you... No. See, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I'll give you 30 that. seconds to rebut, yeah? Off you I go. don't buy that because alien archaeologists have been watching Alien Indiana Jones and they have their sights set high. They're after treasure. They're after booby traps. They're after ladies. They're after space Nazis. They're after space... space Nazi. Yeah. Space little kids. And we have nothing to offer them. It's just so boring. Yeah, I mean, we're the, we're, this generation will be the equivalent of Pompeii. They'll look at it and go, oh, that was a shame, and move on to the next generation. <laughs> but, 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 instead of us, but instead of us looking at the people of Pompeii, like reaching out towards the air, trying not to be suffocated by ash, they're just going to see us kind of reaching out for our phone to get the last 10% worth of battery charge out of it. And then it's just, it's just depressing. It's that is depressing. And they'll uh, just have our entry. We'll simply read, was harmless. Was Aww. harmless. So, guys, uh, they reckon uh, Alien and Endurance is coming down with this alien big balls, six alien big balls. And, uh, <laughs> but, no, you, you, you think more possibly again on that? Yeah, well, the aliens, these guys are saying they'd be disappointed, but, no, I think they didn't really have much faith in us to begin with because they came here and gave us engineering. They gave us mathematics. And they're going to get a real kick out of seeing what we did with it before we sort of fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. There's a reason MTV exists, Ben, and it's because people like watching other people totally stuff up their lives. <laughs> 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 Very good. Uh, I, see, see I, I, I take your point. They gave us maths, they gave us machines, they gave us pyramids, and look at how badly we fucked them up. We it's have like been. lending your car to someone and it comes back filled with like old KFC boxes and dog <laughs> hair, and they're just like, yeah. oh, that was a waste. Would you like to would, give me a closing statement? Give me a sum, mm. sum it up for me. We uh, have, uh, I, I've got a closing yeah. statement. <laughs> Two out of five stars on TripAdvisor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know what you did last time. Uh, what, would you like to sum it up for me briefly? Uh, the positives. <laughs> um, uh, 16 and pregnant. Humanity, and they stuffed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Humanity, Humanity. 16 and pregnant. (laughs) Very good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our debate. Uh, I'm going to put it over to you, the audience, to decide. So uh, if you think, Mo Mummy, my problem's here, the better argument that uh, aliens will be unimpressed by the ruins of our civilization, clap now. If you're with, I know what you did last summer, that the aliens would be totally impressed with everything humanity has accomplished. Clap now. Well, that seems like a clear victory for humanity and all this garbage. Uh, so I'm going to award them the points for the debate. So, Professor Todd, when does that leave us at the end of the night? Well, that places, you see, that uh, places, I, I, I know what you did last summer. Um... Uh, on uh, uh, 30 points, which uh, uh, rather um, wins them the, uh, the match. It wins them the match. Give a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you for coming. This is the end of another episode of The Degree. Uh, do look us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on the website that you may be listening to the podcast on right now. Look us up on that website you're already on. Uh, <laughs> 
Newdegree.com. Yeah, Newdegree.com. We're here every the first Wednesday of every month. You come along to the Christchurch Live show if you're here as well for the recording. And thank you and good night. Woo!